This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team. Coda Stewart and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. This is Podcast for Columbus, recording live on Sunday, April 28, 2019, from the Crew Corner in Northeast Columbus. I'm Todd Fichtenberg at Todd33, and with me is Dakota Stewart at Coda Stewart. Welcome to Conversation 24, where we're going to talk about how great the crew have been lately. The crew? The crew. Yeah. Okay. Have they not been good? I don't know. I watched Blue Jackets last night. <laughs> wow. I feel like there's a name for that. It might be it might be plastic. But well we played two games. We played D C on Wednesday at home and we played Houston away. But uh, let's go ahead and get this thing started. Kick off. Alright, so the lineups, there was only one change made on Wednesday. I unfortunately could not make it to that game. I was very sad about that to be honest. Um after the result, that wasn't so sad, but um, you had your normal starting 11, except for Caleb Porter put in Miram over Robinho, which I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't know if that was rotation. I feel like if it was rotation, it should have been more uh, different. But anyways, if this is your first time listening to a crew podcast, we'll go through the lineup. We had Stefan and goal in the back. Francis Williams, Mensa Jimenez. And if this is not your first time listening, you're going to hear a lot of things that sound the same. Um, and then you have Trap and Artur in the uh, holding midfield with Skipper Will Trap, Miriam Iguain and Santos up top. Well, attacking midfielders and Zardes. I think he was up top. Not really sure where he was, but yeah, he was in the game. I think. Go first. <laughs> so, so that game, I was actually watching on MLS air quotes watching while I was working and yeah that didn't look like a good game um, so I didn't rewatch the whole game I'll be completely honest but DC starting line- lineup they had Brilliant Hamid and goal I'm just listening to some names Wayne Rooney up top which I think the most annoying thing about watching the stream was that every time Rooney took a corner in the north and somebody's like I love Wayne Rooney that was really obnoxious surprisingly like normally, uh, when we have like a big name come over, um, especially when uh, Davi Villa came over, Pirlo, Schweinsteiger, they you always say like the Euro jerseys. I didn't really see very many Wayne Rooney, Man United or England jerseys, so I was surprised about that. Interesting. Did you see a lot of jerseys at all at that game? Uh, <laughs> well, they were scattered here and there. Yeah, so that's annoying. And Ariola, I I actually rate him well. I like him on the U.S. team. I don't mind him on DC. Um, well, I mean, I don't mind. I don't want to play him, but I don't mind. I think he's a good player. I saw some stuff on Twitter about him being a dirty player. I, I didn't pick up on that, but what were your thoughts since you're not an Ariola fanboy like I am? I don't really care. I'm neither here nor there. I didn't think he was dirty during that game. Yeah, I was just curious because I, I wasn't picking up on it. I just, it just seemed like one-way traffic from when I was looking at it. Uh, well, anyways, in this game, there's only one goal to look at. And that comes from our friend Wayne Rooney in the 27th minute off of a free kick, which, was, to be honest, was a very nice free kick. As soon as we conceded the foul there, uh, it was Josh Williams that uh, conceded the foul. I knew it was a goal. It was a goal before it yeah. even happened. <laughs> well, I forgot that Rooney takes free kicks because when I, I was like, oh, it's just a free kick, whatever, we got it covered. And like, 
oh crap, Wayne Rooney's taking it. Yep, here's a goal. Yeah, like it was just in the perfect position. Even before he stepped up to take it, I just looked over to who I was sitting with and just did a hand motion. You know, he's going to curve it right around the wall, right to the bottom, because it's like that's just what's going to happen. He's not going to try to do anything else. And that is what he did. Um, honestly, it was a great shot. Zach dove the right way, almost got a hand to it, but couldn't couldn't get a paw on it. Yeah, and then um, I saw a lot of consternation on Twitter. Oh, that wasn't a foul. Um, it was. It was a foul and a yellow card. I don't really think we can debate that, but uh, yep. yeah. That was just poor from Josh. Yeah, honestly. a really bad position too. Uh, sometimes I feel like if you just don't do the foul, I mean, they're not going to score a goal, but whatever, we'll see what happens. Here's a serious question since I didn't watch the whole game. Um, did Crew have any chances at all to score in that game? Uh, that's the thing. Like, I'm so frustrated with our attack because even when we do take the ball up to the box or in that area, I have zero faith in anybody doing anything good with it. So, no, that's the short answer. <laughs> I think that was more evident in the Houston game, but yeah, I'm starting to feel that way too. Like, oh, that's nice. We have 20 minutes of possession and the attacking half of absolutely nothing to show for it. Um, and then later in the game, Jimenez got booked for a dive in the 69th minute in nice. the box. That, I don't know. I, sometimes I think that just because it's not a PK doesn't mean it's simulation. I mean, he went down easy, but I was kind of like, that really should have been a yellow card. And the fact that Jimenez was kind of looked almost apologetic and embarrassed made it clear that that wasn't a penalty. So if anybody was still howling that that was a penalty, um, I still, I don't know, I think a yellow card is harsh, but no penalty was definitely the right call in that one, unfortunately. Uh, but that might have been our close closest chance and then that uh, old Caleb Porter Porter and his substitutions 76th minute on, on comes Robinho for Miriam Miram can't talk today <laughs> just like the crew can't score um, <laughs> that was I thought way too late 76th minute all of our subs have been late like all season I don't know what the deal is but I'm getting frustrated with that yeah I'm not sure what took so long because let's see when was the goal the goal was in the 27th minute so I mean it could have even at halftime or 60th minute could have done something yeah and then in the 83rd minute Mullins doesn't he has shown that he can't warm up in 7 minutes so he should have had more time and then the third substitution was oh wait there wasn't a third substitution (laughs) so oh wait we don't have uh, three games in eight days and need to get players in and out Oh, but we can. We'll get to this in a moment. But we can completely change the lineup right. and take out all the good players. But uh, but yeah. So the referee of that game was Ismail Alfaf. And the part that I just thought was interesting was the VAR is Chico Grajeda. Again, he lives in Dayton, and he's always our VAR. But he seems to um, – uh, but in the playoffs a couple of years ago, the league pulled him because he would keep making pro crew calls, which I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard through the grapevine. Well, he didn't give Hector a penalty. So. Exactly. So that's what I wanted to put that to rest and say, hey, you know, that was his perfect opportunity to say yes, penalty. But no era penal. So. All right. But I usually rate Alfaf. And here's the thing about both games, Wednesday and Saturday, is that there really are no referee decisions to talk about. That's how boring and how little chance is there. We can't even say, oh, the ref should have given a penalty, or oh, that should have been red card, because there was none of that. Yeah, and so we just should have played better soccer. Pathetic. So that's kind of one of my thoughts, um, if I have to give a thought of the game from D.C. No heart. Um, I think I heard or saw a stat that we had 44 crosses, <laughs> seven complete in that game. Yeah. 
pretty much every single cross that went into the box, there was nobody there to receive it. Uh, Josh was horrible that game. Um, or DC just got to the ball easily without any kind of uh, competition from the crew, which is awful. Which is very sad. Um, I also heard from a competitor podcast, Aces Radio, I believe Darb said this, but he said that he wants to see run of play goals because other goals don't really, he doesn't really care about other goals. I personally don't care. I don't care if it's an own goal. I don't care if it is a penalty. I don't care if it's Olympico. I don't care if it's slop. I want goals. Yeah. Honestly, um, I don't I don't care either. It can be a freaking hand of God goal. Yeah. Just someone and put the, the ball in the freaking net. It. Yeah. And so the, I love the ticky-tack goals like uh, um, that just oh, – who's the one they just put on the internet a week ago? I can't remember now. But we're just 25, 30, 40 passes, boom, goal. That's always great. Um, yeah, that's nice if you have the right players that right. can actually do that. <laughs> exactly. And so you're not going to get that all the time. And I know that this is controversial, but even – oh, man, I, I should have wrote this down. But the goal that uh, was shot outside the box in a different league either today or yesterday, I don't rate those rocket shots. Those are, hey, let me kick it as hard as I can. If it gets in the goal, it gets in the goal. But I'd take even a wheel trap shot outside the 30-yard. I would take that goal in a heartbeat. So. Yeah. Long story short, someone score a goal, we'll go crazy. Yeah, we'll go mental. <laughs> yeah. And that's, if you don't know how to play, put the ball into the net, and we'll go freaking mental. Like, that's really that simple. So, it is simple. That's so. what they say on the street. But did you know, though, that XG is what, decide, what decides a game? I, I'm so sick and tired <laughs> of seeing expected goals. It's the dumbest thing, because we can't even score. We don't, our expected goal should just be zero. Yeah, that's true. We should start. The, yeah, exactly. If we don't score, it should be zero. But after the match, I wrote, let's bring on Argudo. And again, like I'm not saying that he's like the best player on the planet or that he's going to save the team. But come on, somebody. Oh, no pun intended, by the way. Somebody just try something. We'll get to this later. But when they brought in the young guns, when they brought on Argudo and Hansen, that's when we looked the best last night. Like, why not try to bring some of these young well I guess we tried it with Sosa that didn't really give work me JJ well. Williams oh yeah for sure a hundred percent a hundred percent so anywho on to the Houston match um, I couldn't help but notice that the orange jerseys like the whole game I was watching I was like oh that looks like prison garb and I feel like I'm in prison wearing <laughs> watching this game because of all the prison garb um, it must have been an orange out because the whole crowd was in orange too Oh, wait, those were the seats. Oh, I thought it was Halloween. I thought that was their <laughs> Halloween costumes. <laughs> but, yeah, so that stuck out to me. Um, a little bit of a joke. Womp, womp. But, yeah, our crew lineup was a little bit nuts. But, hey, it's our same formation. Shocker. Same formation with less quality players in those positions. <laughs> yeah. So we had Stefan and goal. Okay. At least we didn't start camping or something like that. That's a, that's a plus. Honestly, just start Bendik. <laughs> and then uh, in the back, we had Francis, Abubakar, Saro, and Jimenez. Um, Trap and Clark um, in the attacking, I mean, the holding mid with Trap being the skipper again. And then we had Miram Sosa and Robinho as attacking midfielders, which on paper before the game sounded really, really exciting, but that was not meant to be. Yeah. And then still Zardas up top. Um, maybe they should have given JJ a chance. Yeah, and JJ wasn't even in the 18, was he? It was Mullins. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was just looking. It was Josh Williams. The substitutes were... Oh, Maloney was a substitute. Yeah. Okay, we were really going deep there then. Um, Santos, Hanson, Argudo, Mullins, Bendick, Josh Williams, and Maloney. And then Houston, the only... 
I don't really care about any other players, but I didn't realize De La Garza played for Houston. Um, he came from LA Galaxy, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is his second year uh, in Houston, I want to say. I don't know. Fair enough, because I really didn't care last year. But yeah, I know that he had that sad situation with, with his baby and, and, and its heart. So that um, that's one thing I do like about MLS is that they showcase, showcase like the human side of players. So that's always exciting to know who they are. But um, But yeah, he played in the back. That's the only name I even recognize on the sheet, to be honest. Yeah, they have like a, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to call it like a bad team, but it's just like a not-known team. They don't really have any star yeah. players. And I have no idea who Willis, their goalkeeper, was. I mean, we talked about generic goalkeepers last week, but I have no idea who that was. Oh, Lung, Lundquist. I heard that name before. But yeah, anyway, looking at the lineup before this game, I was super excited to see some guys get chances. I've wanted to see Sosa the whole season up until yesterday. Um, I... I guess the Rubinho Merrim pair was new, which didn't work out. Um, Clark, good for him to get a knock or get a nod. He was actually one of the better ones yesterday. And then uh, Abubakar, this is the first time that he's been on the field this season. So, I mean, I, going into this game, I was kind of motivated, confident that anything good could happen, but did not turn out to be that way. Yeah, and so there were two goals in this game. Um, did the crew score any of those goals? Uh, let me check my notes. Uh, no. Womp, womp. So in the third minute, right off the bat, um, Miram starts with a ridiculous, horrible pass. And even worse, Lalas Abubakar giveaway. Sauron Trap weren't fast enough to recover, and Manitos put it away. That whole thing was like slow motion. Like you're watching, like this can't happen. This is not going to happen. And yeah. then it does, and you're like, like it, well, that escalated quickly. As soon as I saw Lalas not get the ball in that position, I knew it was a goal. Like it was just meant meant for them. Yep. And then mercifully, the first half ended without us conceding um, any more goals. I'm not sure how. I would like would have liked to see some halftime subs, but that's not Caleb's way of doing things. Um, and then in the 55th minute, Martinez scored, and then we'll just move on to substitutions. This was actually the right time. Like immediately after that goal, Santos came on for Miram. Um, I thought that was good timing. And then the 72nd, maybe a little bit late, but Hansen for Sosa. And I saw uptick in the action. Like I think that was my biggest surprise because we kind of were excited about Sosa as the potential heir to you know people's throne or whatnot. But uh, he looked like he couldn't care less and doesn't really couldn't be bothered. That's yeah. kind of the way I viewed it. He did not impress me at all yesterday. Um, his chances on the ball, they were too slow. Uh, he he didn't really do much off the ball to get into open positions that I could point out. I just I, I was disappointed with what we saw from him after wanting to see him for so long. Yeah, and then it was odd because when he got came off, Caleb basically gave him a huge you know hug and slap on the back. He had a great job. I was like, I don't know what you were watching, but I hope that isn't the case. Um, and then somebody else pointed out on Twitter, like, I don't want to steal everybody's takes, but that Miram was taking the corners and they were saying, so basically Miram was the best in practice at no, corners. They were freaking awful. I thought people took bad corners. Yeah, Miram's like, corners were horrible. We all complain about people in uh, Pedro's corners every now and then because they don't. Oh, Pedro Santos takes the best corners. He does. But um, just still people complain about it because Pedro. Hashtag never doubted. 
Always loved him as well. Anyway, um, people always complain about Pipa and Pedro's corners because they don't beat the first man. They always go in the wrong position, whatever. Miriam's corners made their corners look like gold. <laughs> they did, absolutely. Oh, man, that was rough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would just put Waylon on a corner, give him a shot, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, freaking know anymore. Maybe. maybe. I know that Trap... I don't remember Trap taking corners. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about Trap taking corners. I do remember at the New York City FC game we were at like a few years ago that since the field was so narrow, he took corners. And I think I think he assisted a people goal off a corner, I think. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to say Trap on the corner just for okay. the reason if we lose the ball, he has to truck all the way back. And That's true. I, I just don't want to put but him I guess, in that position. Yeah, but I guess my point there was that when he takes them, it's – because of the special field conditions. Like, I'm not sure how he would oh, be on a normal okay. size field. Uh, but somebody said he took him during U.S. games. And to be honest, I haven't watched a U.S. game in about a year and a half. So, so and then the 81st minute, Argudo came on for Clark. I really couldn't tell what position he was playing. He was almost playing like a, you know, number eight box-to-box type role. But I don't know if it, Porter was just like, just go out there and just do whatever. Um, I was trying to figure out, is he more defensive? Is he more offensive? Because he did have that one really nice shot again i'm not a huge fan of taking a shot outside the 18 but at least it's some sort of attempt maybe he's just the heir to hector jimenez as the swiss army knife (laughs) oh that could be yeah i wouldn't mind it so i thought he added an uptick of energy too he made some really great offensive runs um that was cool because i know that at one point um i still haven't heard the interview but somebody was mentioning how caleb was saying how he likes speedy wing play which oh that's right then why are we playing (laughs) Merrim? right Exactly. So, um, the referee in that game was Alan Chapman. Again, nothing, no complaints, whatever. Um, Some of the thoughts I had is, at the end of this game, all I could think about is I can't wait for the transfer window. Um, Let's get some true DPs. Let's rebuild the team. But then, I, I know we've mentioned it before, but it dawned on me that not only do we need good attackers, but we need a good goalkeeper. That's the thing. Like, people have been crapping on Bendik. That for that one game that he played, none of the goals right. were his fault. He, I, I don't think like he's been given a true chance. I'm fine with keeping Bendik as our goalkeeper for this season going in to December if we make playoffs or whatever. Or they even end in November this year. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we have that protracted <laughs> season. Anyway, though, but uh, I'm perfectly fine with keeping Bendik as our starting goalkeeper. Let him prove himself. He only had one game. Uh, yeah, he was bad with Orlando, but the entire Orlando organization is a dumpster fire. Um, he is a MLS goalkeeper, so I'm fine with Bendik. Um, just give me quality ev- everywhere else on the field. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I do think that even as much as I like Bendik, and I think he's a funny character, I don't know if he's like a week-to-week starting goalkeeper. But then again, when he played for Toronto, I was saying, because they were really, really down on him, the Toronto fans and that Kurt Larson um, who at the time wrote for that tabloid up there, um, he was really down in Bendik. And I, every time they played the crew, I thought he saved a lot of goals, and I, I kind of liked him. But I, but still, he seems like a rotation MLS goalkeeper to me. Um, I mean, the thing so, is, we're not going to get another Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen is one of a kind in MLS. Um, if we do end up getting some kind of elite goalkeeper, I don't want to spend that much money like Colorado is doing with Tim Howard because that's dumb to spend that much money on a goalkeeper in MLS. I think yeah. if you have a solid defense, if you have a, an offense that is your better defense, I don't think goalkeeper is necessarily a need at this mo- at this time. 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I do think that I agree. I don't want to spend money on like old players like Guzan and Howard. That doesn't make much sense. But in terms of like thinking of even Steve Clark, like other than that 36 second <laughs> error in 2015, like he was really, really a solid goalkeeper for for you know nobody ever heard of the guy before. Right. Um, unfortunately, he's been kind of banished. Um, but but I think that Crew has had a very strong pedigree of goalkeepers and so i wouldn't mind if the scouts have found another Stefan or something like that because that was pretty brilliant to get him on our discovery list because at the time we're kind of like what are you doing greg like this is a little bit odd but it definitely at least i felt that way maybe not everybody maybe everybody else knew but but i i was like wow that was a great move once once he came to the team to that point they did bring in bendick for a reason and we do have uh ben lungart who has been talked highly of so maybe ben is working his way in USL, getting experience and playing time so that he can make the transition to crew. And I don't know. I don't see Kempen sticking around after the end of the season. I think we're going to be with uh, Bendik and Lungard going forward into 2020. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm not sure what kind of shot stopper um, uh, Kempen is, but he's he blocks a lot on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, my other thought at the end of the game was, Man, I need a vacation so bad. I'm looking forward to my trip to Minnesota to go to Aliens Arena to see my buddy Ethan. But man, we <laughs> it's going to be so depressing to spend money. I'm sure it's going to be a great city, and I'm looking forward to your Juicy Lucy's. Bring all your Juicy Lucy's to me, Minnesota. Uh, go to Mall of America. But yeah, that game is probably not going to be good. I yeah. might spend more time wandering the stadium and eating food than um, watching the actual game. But I decided for the rest of my Noron touring, I'm only going to cities that I actually want to spend time yeah. in the city and see what's around like I did with Montreal. Like, exactly. I, I'm probably not going to make any more Bridgeview trips because why the heck would I go to Bridgeview? Oh, yeah. I, I've done that already a couple of times. I'm just going to go to cities that I actually want to visit. I, I would love to make it out to L.A. for a game. Just to, LA would be fun. Um, just to experience that. The one that I I want to do a Dallas game. I know that we're not playing them this year, but Dallas is on my list of places to go for nerdy reasons, for all kinds of reasons. But but anyways, so that that's kind of how we feel about those two games. But um, starting eleven. But we're going to go ahead and change up the way that we've rated people in the past, just for sake of discussion, because we had two games again. But I made a list of everybody who actually played any portion, whether they started, whether they got subbed on in the last two games. And as a fun question, um, I will add the question, would you keep them? If you were the sporting director and had a decision today, said you have to cut the team today and you have to say who you're going to keep for the rest of the season. And just for the record, when we get to Zach Steffen, He's not going to be here in July, so we don't get to like create magic and say, yes, we want to keep Zach stuff in here. That's not really the way this works. Yeah, in my mind, he's already gone anyway. <laughs> he's already gone. So, yes, I would keep him, but but no. So, uh, Anyway, so we'll start with Zardes. Um, it may be a surprise, but he's on my no list. Like I, I would not keep him. Um, he gets a five from me for the last two games. He's just not good enough. I don't know if it's a system. I will talk about this more lady, late lady, later. But I don't really think the system's changed all that much. People are like, oh, well, this is the remnants of Burhalter's wins, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't see that much change. The only change in the system I see is maybe a little bit more positional freedom. Whereas Greg was like, this is your lane, stay in your lane. This is the run you have to make, stay in your run. But 
in terms of Zardes, he's a striker. I don't mind him being a poacher. I don't mind him. But he, you've got to be in the right spot to get even those goals. Right. So for me, I feel like it's time to rebuild um, and go from there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I don't think that there's that much of a system change with Caleb in Jossie's position, per se. Um, he just is not getting on the end of any of the balls that are being served into him. And I, I'm tired of the poacher type striker we had how long have we had that now we've had it with kai we got ola jossie now i mean i'm just sick of this uh this type of attack i want a more dynamic striker um a la joseph martinez like he just throws his ball and he throws his body anywhere to touch the ball and i agree how awesome that would be but we need better players around that player as well (laughs) but i mean jossie he's so slow on the ball and he can't he can't move it up by himself. But if you look at other strikers around the league, they they can do that. Josef Martinez, he's great on the ball. He gets around defenders with his dribbling abilities. I don't see that from Jossi. We didn't see that with Ola. We didn't see that with Kai. They were strictly get your foot or your head or any t- part of your body on the ball for that one-time finish. And that's what I'm sick of seeing. I want a striker with the ability to move the ball around if needed, play with his wingers more than one-touch passes or one-touch attempts to finish the ball and put it into the net. So that being said, I haven't been impressed with Jossie at all this season. Um, I, I loved him last season. If he can come back and do anything that he did last season this year, that would be wonderful. Um, I, I still I, I think he does have potential to do good the rest of this season. I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon um, this year, uh, but I, I would not keep him after the end of this year. Right, I agree with that. Um, and then moving on to Robinho, um, this is why when the question was posed on Twitter last night, at first I thought we're talking strictly about players playing, but I like the idea of building a team around our youngsters. Um, so Robinho, I would keep. I actually would give him a seven, even though he didn't score. Like so maybe that's a high grade, but I saw a lot of energy and effort. Um, he's young, and I think he's able to learn um, and. You know, if we could figure out a way to fit him in with some scoring machines that aren't Pipa and Miram, um, we'll see. I think that we could see good things out of him. So I would keep him. Yeah, for Rubino over these uh, two games, I would give him a six. I think he's just been average. Um, I would keep him after this season just because he is a young, uh, untested winger. Um, I guess he is tested at this point, but just hasn't got that much under his belt but um yeah I, I would keep him after this season i think he does have potential to grow with the team um we've seen flashes here and there of what he is capable of he hasn't found the back of the net yet but i i do like what we have seen from him um speed wise ball control whatnot but good yeah a little bit of a heavy first touch but i think that can be learned or fixed i guess i should say um and then justin miram um, he gets a three from me. <laughs> I know that's below what I'm allowed to give him, but oh my word! Like, I, what did Orlando do to him? Like, I don't know. Corners are terrible, passes are terrible. He looks like he'd rather be anywhere else, which is crazy because he had this big homecoming. But he looks like he does not want to be here, and which is very strange. So I want to move on from Miram. Uh, yeah, for Miram, I'm going to give him a five over these two games. Um, the thing with Miram is. He has been one of our best players in franchise history. I would say top 10 overall. But 
that that was then and this is now. He was a great player in MLS 2.0. We're currently in MLS 3.0, and we need a winger that can play in 3.0 and look forward to, okay, MLS is still advancing. We're getting more teams in the league, which is absurd, but it is what it is. But um, Probably 40 by the time <laughs> I have kids. But, yeah, we're moving into a new era of MLS where there is a lot of quality coming in, and Miriam just isn't up to that level anymore. He was fine during the the era that he was with the crew. Uh, you know, when did he come here? 2011, I want to say. Could be wrong. But either way, he's been here for a very long time. I think Finley was drafted in 12 or 13, and I think Miriam was the year before him, I think. So that sounds right, 12, 2011, 2012, somewhere in Yeah, the something like that. Either way, um, I think it's just time to move on from Miriam. I, I would not keep him after after this season um honestly i would even i wouldn't keep him past the summer to be honest yeah this summer if we can get any kind of trade or uh sell money i I get him out and get a better winger in here absolutely so uh santos pedro santos he's the best player on the team right now um there's a bunch of dolts around him i think that some good attacking maybe some better players would help him too because he doesn't seem to be doing the wrong things Mm -hmm. um I see less dives, fewer dives. Um, I actually, even though he didn't score, this is I give him a seven point five for the last two games. Um, I would I would like to keep him and see who we can build around him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, for these two games, I would give him a seven. Uh, he did win man of the match uh, crew Twitter poll. If that, which by the way should not be a thing when we lose our tie. Means that drives anything. me nuts. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, I, I would keep Pedro. With the assumption that we're going to get uh, better quality players around him, um, I know Cameron has mentioned it before. I don't know if he's mentioned it on the pod, but um, if he does get quality around him and he's our fourth best attacker, we're going to have a, a stellar attack. Um, oh yeah, I, I've loved what we've seen from Pedro this year. Uh, I I hope he can keep doing that the rest of the season and going forward. I know he's um, his contract's up at the end of the se- season, so. Hopefully he can keep it going and we can sign him to an extension if all the other dominoes fall in the right place. All right, Patrick Mullins. As much as it pains me to say, ooh, <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as it pains me to say, no. I really, really, really like the guy. I watched his career. Um, I think he's actually a nice dude, but like. He's kind. Of, it reminds me of Jack Mack, actually. Like he just like he's got the skill. He just doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Um. So I say let him go. And unfortunately, as much as I like the guy, I give him four for the way he's played the last couple games. Um. Yeah. We, ha- we haven't really seen that much <laughs> of him anyway to give him like a full rating. But I'll just give him a five below average. I would not keep him. Um. If we are looking at a secondary striker, I would definitely keep J.J. Williams over Patrick. Yeah. Uh. Pipa. His age is finally showing. I wish he had left when he was on top. I thought that last year already. I thought, man, if he would just leave now. Um, but I know he wants silverware. Um, but I give him a five. But honestly, no, it's time to move on from him. We, we should have had somebody in the wings ready to take over the moment that he was done. But we do not have that. We don't even have depth in his role, which is one of the most concerning things about the current team. Uh, yeah, for Pipa, this is really hard to say because I love the guy as a player. I think he's the best player that we've ever had. But it, it is time to move on. 
kind of along the same lines as Justin Miram, you know, people was great 2.0, 3.0, but looking now going forward as the league is improving, I, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with the, the league on the field anymore after this season. So I would say after this season, call it quits, join the coaching staff, do something to stay with the crew. Um, I, I know he does love being here in Columbus. Um, so if we can find any way to keep him on the staff, that would be great. But I I want a better player in his position. Yeah, did you say that Pipa's the best player in the history of the Columbus crew? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's for the GBS lovers out there. I really don't. Since I only started becoming a super fan in the 2013-2014 era, I feel like I have no room to talk on that debate. Um, so Will Trapp, he is the hardest one for me. Like, I don't think he's a bad player. I just personally think that he has stifled himself. Not stifled. Yeah, it might be the right word, but he... In 2014, I remember the first season I bought tickets, everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to play in the World Cup. This guy's going to play in the World Cup in 2018. This is going to be great. But there was already rumors of him going overseas. I think we've seen the best out of Will. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be anything better. And he's not a bad player. He's also the local boy face of the crew. So it's re- that's a really, really hard one for me. I would say maybe. I know that's me waffling and being on the fence, but I don't have a yes or no for whether we should keep him or not because that one goes, I think, beyond soccering. Right. Um, from a soccer perspective, I think we can find someone better. From a club perspective, he's probably the right fit. Um, but I'd give him a six. I don't think he's done anything to warrant like you know a terrible grade or below. I guess six is technically below average, but but I. I don't know. He's he's kind of a hard one for me because I feel like fans give him a pass. Like if he had an own goal, they'd be like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. He's great. But but for me, uh, I'd like to see a little bit more out of the skipper. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that also. I think Will, Will is kind of hard to judge in this question of do we move forward with him or not. Um, I know that he does want to uh, play in England, right, uh, not England, Europe at some point. Um, so, you know, why not now? Um, this would be maybe a good change for him looking as at his national team uh, career, you know, maybe a, a new, a new change, um, a new league would boost him as a player. And maybe, Hey, maybe it'll work out better for us too. We can bring in a better player to move forward in this league. Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it is. What do you think about bringing on Michael ba- Bradley? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. With with Will though, it it is really hard because he has been. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's been here for so long. He's uh he's a Columbus guy, so I mean, it is kind of a bittersweet thing that we're gonna have to go through here at some point if he does decide to move on. Yeah. But I don't know. He either needs to step it up in Columbus or. We need a fresh face and uh, a new challenge for him and for us as a club. And we have Cronali waiting to be the local boy. So um, yeah. I like depth. That we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, so I didn't have him on the list because he hasn't played. But but Artur, um, same, kind of the same as Trap. but honestly, I'd pass on Artur. I think he's regressed the most, and I don't know if it's the age thing or what, but uh, I would say... He's still pretty young, though. Is he? I, yeah, I think he's younger than me. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, I still, I don't know. Uh, there's something, like when he first came that I really loved was like, I feel like a lot of players just don't have passion. 
to play this year. And I feel like he's one of those that you kind of watch me just going through the motions and not really caring. So I don't know if that's something that's repairable. I don't know if that's a coach thing. I don't know if that's a players around him thing. So, so I would honestly say, especially if the decision was made that we wouldn't want trap that I think we would create uh, a new holding midfield altogether. Cause for whatever reason, they're not clicking together like they used to. Yeah. Um, for Artur, he didn't, he didn't play, um, in this past game, but, uh, I will give him a six for the game against DC, and then moving forward, I I think I would keep him. I do really like him as a player. Um, he's just off this year for whatever reason, but so is the whole team. But moving forward, if we do get someone else in Trap's position, I think it would be a good idea to keep someone else beside him that you know knows the system, knows what we do, and uh, knows other players around him to kind of guide the new player if we do get get one which still I don't think is going to happen but um, either way uh, I, I think I would keep our turn going forward alrighty moving on to Clark because um, the only game he played was um, was 80 some 81 minutes in the last game against Houston I'm actually giving him 8 <laughs> because He's the only one who seemed like he wanted to score. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know yeah. if it's because his former team or whatever. But, yeah, he's older than me, I think. Isn't he like 36 or 37 or something? Yeah, something around there. And so I would prefer, like, not to keep him. And that's not, like, a slight against him. It's just, like, you know, a reality check, you know, that we probably – probably doesn't make sense to keep him. Yeah. But other than that, I did actually think he was one of our best players in the Houston game. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I, I don't have anything bad to say about him playing-wise. Um and I, I wouldn't keep him moving forward. Nothing personal, nothing game. Just we, we need younger players that can build off the club. But nothing is. Um... All right. So Waylon Francis. I don't know if we had him before. Um, I don't know if that's why we're so, like, for me personally, being so disappointed in him. I know it's high on him at the beginning of the season. but Yeah, we just know what no he can do. I have no idea what I'm watching. He just shelled what he once was right. Um, he gave up last night. He gave up three fouls at the top of the box, and he finally got booked for persistent infringement. But I mean, why? Why are we giving up fouls there? Like you're good enough to to get that ball. So I actually give him a four for the way he played um, last couple games. And I'm I would pass at the way he's playing now, kind of like Miriam. If we could have old Waylon, or if we could have 2015 Ethan Finley come back, you know, I'd bring them back. But that's not how life works. So based on current form, I would pass on Francis. Uh, yeah, I haven't been impressed with him over the past couple games. I would give him a five below average. And moving forward, I would not keep him on the roster. Um, hopefully, Milton can come back next year fine and healthy uh, to get his starting position back. But I would prefer to just get someone else under Milton that can come in as substitutes if needed, whatever. But I don't know if Whalen is that guy. I would definitely keep uh, Milton for sure. All right. Our buddy Josh Williams. He's another one of those who seems to get, for whatever reason, fan favorite gets a pass. But he has not been good. Um, he has a four for me. Um, he gave up the free kick that led to the goal. So I think that's why he gets a four. Maybe it's harsh, but um, that was in the D.C. game. Um, definitely yellow card. I, I find him to be overrated. I don't understand why people clamor for him to start. It's kind of like on Saints. People love Jack Stevens because he's like the quote-unquote local boy, even though he actually... He actually wasn't, you know, he was trained in one of the different academies and then came to Southampton, but he's just he's just not good enough. Uh, that's right. just my opinion. 
Yeah, and I would agree with that. I think we definitely have multiple levels of skill in our center back position, and Josh is just near the bottom of that. I don't think it would be a smart move to keep him, especially having other center backs on the roster who could come up, uh, like Abubakar Keda, uh, Cronali, uh, Abubakar, but we'll get to him. Um, but just looking at our depth, I don't think we need to keep Josh Williams per se moving forward. And um, for his rating, I would give him uh, 4.5. Alrighty, Hector Jimenez. Um, he's one of those, he's kind of polarizing also. Uh, sometimes he has great games, sometimes he doesn't. I feel like the last two games were some of the not great games. Um, so I gave him a 5. I would... He's, he's another one of those hard ones because you want a utility player, but maybe we can move on from him and have you kind of mention Argudo maybe. And it was a joke, but you know maybe he could. Yeah, be, but maybe <laughs> maybe he could be that player. But but yeah, I, I'm I feel like I'm ready to move on from Jimenez as well. I've appreciated all that he's done. Um, I was actually surprised he stayed because I felt like he was you know he's from L.A. and he seemed like he's Burhalter's you know buddy. Um, so I'm uh, happy that he did stay, but I think also he's one of those for the sake of moving on. Time to move on. Um, yeah, for Hector, I would give him a six over this stretch. Um, I think he's just been average. Uh, and regarding keeping him, I think I would keep him just to use as a utility player, um, as kind of like a worst-case scenario type player like we have with Harrison. Um, obviously, I don't think Jimenez would be starting if Harrison was healthy, but um, it, it is nice to have those quality guys that can kind of jump in at a moment's notice in really any position on the field. So I would keep him just for that, for that sole purpose. Alrighty. And moving on to your buddy Gaston Sorrow. Um, if I based it on these last two games, I'd be like, let's get rid of this guy. So he gets a five for the last two games. But to be honest, all the other games he's ever played before, even the games where he's had own goals, um, he's been, to me, he's been our best, you know, central defender or wait, we're in America. So, uh, center back. So I like, I like him. I think that he's great. This last, I don't know whatever happened these last two games. That should be the lesson to Caleb. Don't sit him anymore. Let's keep him playing. Yeah. I would definitely keep definitely keep him in the future. Yeah, I think um, I haven't been impressed with him over these past couple games, but I think it's more of a mentality thing. Uh, the frustration with sitting on the bench after you know not really playing all that poorly. He had two goals, got sick for a week, and then lost his starting position. So. Yeah, which I like to see that. I like to see the complaining about starting, but back it up on the field. Yeah, but um, going forward, I, I think I would keep him as well. Um, I love the guy as a person, um, and then as a player, I think he's great as well. Um, when him and Mensa hook up uh, you know, to the to the level that they can, they're the best center back pair that we, ha- or that we have had in multiple years so i would keep him i think um assuming that he can get over this um mental strain whatever is going on and uh, move past that to be the player that we all know that he can be and that brings me to the next one mensa which i think that's a that's a package deal to me to me if we keep sorrow we keep mensa if yeah. we don't keep sorrow we don't keep mensa um so mensa in the last couple of games he hasn't been terrible he gets an average six like he hasn't been terrible he hasn't been great um, but whatever those two need to do, Saro and Mensa, to get on the same page, that they're by far our best center back pairing. They need to get it together and, and make it happen. Well, then again, again, we need to score. Like <laughs> I don't want to like put this all on the defense. We need to score. But, right. But yeah. But yeah, for Mensa, uh, he was out last night. Um, Abubakar was in his place. Uh, Mensa didn't even travel. He was watching the game back from Columbus. But I was really impressed with what he did against DC. He shut down Wayne Rooney multiple times. Um, 
to over the DC game, I'm going to give him an eight. I think he did very well with that. Good and, point. He's not the one who gave up the foul. <laughs> right. But uh, moving forward, I would definitely keep uh, Jonathan Mensah. I lo- love the guy. Alrighty, and then we have Zach Steffen, who we've already talked about. I, uh, he gets a seven. I think, hmm, I don't think in the last two games I saw anything like he should have done better on the goals. That first one last night in Houston was just weird. Nobody was in position and there was no communication. I don't know if yeah. I put I put that on the whole team to be honest. Um, I'd still give him a seven. Um, but like we talked about before, if we could, if this was a magical world, we'd keep him forever. But it's, unfortunately, he's gone. So we have to come to terms with the fact that he's gone. Yeah, over these couple games, I he didn't really have any incredible stops that were you know top ten on ESPN or whatever. But I think he was just average over these couple games. So I'll give him a six, and then he's leaving regardless. So can't really give my opinion there. I do feel like last night he had two really good stops. Um, he had actually right after the goal, like in the fourth minute, he stopped one um, from going in, and then towards the end of the game, uh, they were both low saves, and these always stick out to me because you know Fraser Forster on Southampton, like he could not save low shots to save his life. So um, those always stick out to me when keepers make those saves. Uh, and then we have Nico Hansen coming on. Uh, I have not, to be honest, I've not been his biggest fan. I wouldn't use the word overrated but i've don't understand the love for him as much in the past but when he comes on he definitely adds this speedy element and the effort like last night there was this uh he went for a ball that willis went for and he ended up willis ended up winning the ball but he ended up tripping and flipping over willis and i like to see that because i feel like a lot of the crew players are starting to hold up up that's going out. I'm not getting that. Uh, it's too close. I don't feel like getting that ball. So the effort and that, I love that. So I actually give him an eight, even though he played a short amount of time. Um, and yes, he's on my list of young guys that I would say let's build the team around. Uh, Hanson, I, I don't think he's good enough to be any kind of starting or regular type player to win MLS Cup or US Open Cup. So I'm going to say pass on him. We can find someone better. I do think that he can fit in some other team elsewhere maybe if he goes to i don't know some european low-level team or low-level league whatever but i just don't think he's that good to keep around if we're honestly trying to compete for trophies um for his rating i didn't really see too much from him anyway to really give him a accurate rating so i'll just give him a six average yeah, and so that's actually I'm glad you said that because that's a good point. I I'm not when I'm saying yes, keep players. I'm thinking long-term, you know, building teams around players. I don't necessarily mean to start, but I think he could be one of those explosive come off the bench type people too. And I don't know, he could have it. I think the only player that we've been really disappointed in was Christian Martinez, who like for whatever reason became a petulant child and just not good. Um, so I haven't seen the regression in Nico. Um, yeah, and it's not even that he's regressed any. I just don't think him as a player, you know, trying to keep up with the league and other teams that are signing all these quality players, even depth players. I just don't think that he's one of those 18 players that can come in week in, week out. That makes sense. No, I do agree with that because uh, in terms of building and bringing in like world-class type players, but still from what we have that we currently start, He's definitely, in my opinion, he's an upgrade to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're saying that we need to get rid of everybody. Which but the I young mean, players. <laughs> which, I mean, we're not going to 
uh, you know, uh, clean out house and bring in 20 new guys next year. But just, well, it just made me think last night when you tweeted that about you know you can count on two hands the players you'd keep. I was like, man, I could count on zero hands who I want to <laughs> keep. But then like, okay, let's be realistic about this. Who could we actually keep? And so that brings me to my boy Argudo. Gets a 10. No, I'm just kidding. He only played eight minutes. Um, but but I liked him. I I like I like the passion of the young kids. I, I'd still they still have it. They still have this desire to play and this desire to prove themselves, which I think our starters have now either got comfortable starting or just don't care anymore. So I would like to see him and see what we could do with him because he's played many roles. He's played holding midfielder. His number's number two. He might play right back. I have no idea. And I have no idea what he played last night. I think, And I know he's played um, attacking midfielder. So, so that's him. I would keep him as well. Uh, yeah, for him, he didn't really see too much, so can't really give him a rating. Um, but moving forward, I think, I, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on him. I wouldn't really be sad to see him leave, but if he stayed, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Um, if he can turn into some kind of utility player, that would be great. Um, kind of like Hector You mean Jimenez. world-class athlete? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, he uh, he's kind of along the same lines as Hanson. Like, I just don't think that he's that type of quality for a trophy hung, trophy hungry club alrighty speaking of low quality uh, we're moving on to Sosa who <laughs> oh man I wrote down in my notes absolutely not he gets a 4 from me and it wasn't even like bad play it was like his just little not giving two farts about anything it was just kind of getting on my nerves like eh, I'm just gonna do what I want don't really care um, he's definitely not the heir to Pipa and let's find somebody who is yeah, I think um, when we look at our people replacement, we're going to need a uh, mature, already proven player to come in, uh, someone that already knows how to take over a team and move them forward. Um, Sosa, he just doesn't have that kind of experience. I, I wasn't impressed with him yesterday. I'm going to give him a four and a half, way below average. But, um, I mean, we still haven't even seen that much from him, so I just don't know if he... Maybe he links up better with Artur. Maybe he plays better with Pedro. I don't know what the deal is, but it wasn't working yesterday. Um, that was the first time that we've seen him this year, wasn't it? Or maybe he subbed in a couple of other times, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think he subbed in towards the end. And I remember at the beginning of the season saying, oh, he added that explosion of energy. This was awesome. Yeah, but anyway, he's again, I think he's one of those 50-50 players. If he stays... Maybe give him a little extra to, you know, prove himself and see if he can find a place in the 18. If it doesn't work out, okay, whatever, at least we've tried. So I'm going to say, I don't know, I would say maybe I would keep him uh, just to give him a little extra time to, to move in and see what he can do. To move in. I see. All right. Lawless Abubakar. I feel kind of vindicated. Um, I know that you still probably rate him, but... He just was pretty horrible, undisciplined. Um, I know he's given me panic attacks in the past, and people said, oh, no, that's a fine. He'll he'll grow into it. He'll be fine. And maybe he still will. And I don't know why I have a bias against him, but I would, in my opinion, be I'd move on from him. I just, I don't know. And on a weird, in a totally unrelated note, his he conceded a corner with his hair. I don't know if you're still watching at that point. There's a shot that hit the crossbar, and they pointed to a corner, and Steph is like, I didn't touch the ball. What are you talking about? And um, the referee is like, the wall, the wall, and pointed to, you know, Lalas' <laughs> hair. So they actually got a corner off of his hair. That's so. funny. 
Yes. Jonathan Mensah definitely wants him to cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Lalas, he was really bad last night. I I don't think he has a chance to get up to the starting position. I would say kind of same along the lines with Josh Williams. I just don't think that we need to keep him. Um, I really liked him when we brought him on. Uh, when did he come in? 2017, I want to say. Yeah, I think this would be his third year. But yeah, um, I, I really liked him in 17. Uh, I liked him what we saw last year. I think he was really good, you know, coming in as one of those rotation players. But this year, it was the first time that we've seen him. I don't know if it's one of those mentality things. Like, he just really wants to get out in the field and prove himself. But it didn't work last night. Um, so I would say give him a, a little more kind of along the lines of Sosa. See what we can do with him. Um, he's another one of those 50-50 players if he leaves okay, we have depth to, to move forward I and mean, we can sign another player to f- sit on the bench in his spot. But um, if, if we do keep him, I think that he does have potential to grow and be a good center back in the league. All right, so is there anybody else that we left out? Um, I know J.J. Williams. Um, Just a couple of players that you know we haven't really seen play that I would still – I wouldn't mind keeping, um, obviously, 100% keep Milton. Uh, he's out the rest of the season with an injury, but hopefully, fingers crossed, he's going to be good to go, healthy, ready to start for next season. Um, he's he's wonderful. I definitely would keep him. J.J. Williams, I would keep. I think he has great potential that we haven't unleashed yet. Um, and then, you know, the the Lonies, the Cronales, the Kedas, um Opoku, I don't think I would keep him just because I don't think he's MLS quality. Um, who's our other Looney? Uh, Loongard, um, I honestly just haven't seen him, so I'm indifferent about him. Um, but I've heard good things about him, so maybe keep him as a backup to Bendik or whoever comes in. Yeah. Um, so the J.J. Williams is the one I agree that he's the one I'd want to keep Um and at the very least, see what he can do outside of USL and outside of, like, the scrimmages. Um, but just for kicks and grins, they had those Parley jersey auction. Did you look at the prices? Gosh. Uh, honestly, okay, it's for a good cause, whatever. But I cannot imagine paying that much for <laughs> one single jersey. <laughs> yeah, well, for a jersey that we played lost in would be... Yeah, we played one time, and we were terrible. Why do you want that memory? <laughs> yeah. So I did end up. I actually have Finley's jersey with the number on the back, the pictures that the season ticket holders put on it. I thought oh, that yeah. was cool. But I can't remember if we won or lost that game or not, though. But but yeah. I was upset when it was washed because it said game worn and they sent it to me washed. And I go, what was the point? Like, <laughs> why nah. doesn't have his DNA? <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. But who do you think had the highest money? Uh, last time I checked, I think it was, I think it was Jossie. Um, the funny part is it wasn't a parlay jersey, but uh, Stefan was eight hundred dollars. Dang. Followed by Trap for six hundred twenty-five, and then third was Zardes with six hundred. Oh no, Zardes was fourth. Um, Iguain was six hundred five. Jeez. Okay, uh, honestly. Six hundred five dollars. That's a lot of money. If you have that kind of money to spend on a jersey, help me out. Give me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It says the guy with like twenty-seven jerseys. Hey, I get those on eBay for like ten bucks. <laughs> um, and who do you think had the least? Uh, I don't know, probably Bendik or something, if he even had one. Yeah, Bendik was 293, and then, um, oh, where is it? And 260 was the lowest field player, 260, so less than Bendik. Who do we think that was? Uh, you said field player? Yeah. 
Pedro? Patrick Mullins. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what Pedro got. I think Pedro's was actually high, now that I think about nah, it. Nah, 310. Oh. Mm. Which is sad. Because everybody hates it. His should have been higher. Yeah, somebody tweeted at me last night, or maybe it was this morning, um, when are people going to realize that Santos should be the corner kick taker? And I'm like, well. Well, he does that anyway. <laughs> there's only one <laughs> There's only um, one group of people who hate Santos still, and those are the uh, Aces Radio people. And hey, Aces Radio people, we'll welcome you on our bandwagon because we hashtag never doubted. I mean, if you always want, have, always will. So if you want correct and accurate soccer takes <laughs> to base your opinions off of, go Listen ahead. To Aces Radio. Jump onto this bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hydration break. Crew in the news. Yeah, so just quickly, this will take two seconds. Um, Canale's still at Indy 11. Their next game is actually today at 5. Um, actually, it's 5-11 as we record this, so he's probably playing now. No idea if he's starting. I should have checked. Um, Birmingham Legion had Opoku and J.J. Williams. Opoku keeps subbing on, so, I mean, I feel like if you keep subbing on a a um, uh, USL team, you're probably, like you mentioned already, not starting material for MLS. Their next game is against the Red Bull Reserves, which I don't know if that's the same as Red Bull 2. I think it's the same thing. Okay, I'm not sure why Red Bull have so many teams. Uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds had Lungard starting, but um, for, I'm sorry, Lungard not starting for whatever reason. Um, he got a couple shoutouts with them. Um, Kaida is still injured in Columbus with the Richmond Kickers. And Hartford Athletic, um, I don't know where Kempen is, but Argudo is back in the lineup, so it doesn't appear that anybody, anybody's there. But they played North Carolina FC, and I was surprised to see, though, that um, Ben Spees, is at North Carolina FC. So oh, he's, he's bouncing around a little bit. Um, and then in the unrelated note, I, maybe we talked about this and I just missed it and and my um, eyes glazed over, but uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez is apparently at LA Galaxy. Yeah, they signed so, him, I think, like two, three weeks ago. I so don't really it's care. So kind of like, I just get confused. Benson's are better, so... Oh. And, and we got a lot of money for him, so... We got a lot of money from him. Yeah, we sold him at the right time, but still that whole thing was... Like all the homesick people coming back and playing for other teams is kind of suspicious. Listener questions at halftime. So we actually have quite a bit of listener questions today, which is interesting. Some serious, some not, but um, hey, might as well um, try to have a little fun, take some time reading some of these questions. Because we didn't, we didn't have any fun watching the crew. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was in prison. How <laughs> they made that joke. Um, so Rich Uncle Skeleton at Lava Twin. He said, question, how much of this needs to fall on Trap's shoulders? As captain, he needs to be leading that locker room. If the players have no desire to fight, he needs to be addressing it. Um, I watched Trap's interview post-game, and I, I can sense the frustration, but I I don't know. I, I don't think I like the way that he's carrying himself on the field, you know, pushing his players around, motivating them. I don't really see much of that on the field. I don't know anything what happens in training or the locker room or whatever because obviously we, we don't have access to that. But specifically just looking at on-field performance, I don't think he's doing what is needed as captain to you know motivate your team, push them forward, and you know grind and dig deep for results. Yeah, I that's a hard one for me to say too because I don't see him in the locker room. I don't know how he interacts with players. I know I had this talk way back with Michael Parkhurst, um, and not with him, but about him, that he was kind of a silent leader, 
and people are like, oh, I need that guy to yell and shout. We need to have a captain yell and shout at the referee and yell and shout at the... And, like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But one thing we talked about in the pod last summer when we played Surprizo, I think I said that right. Surprizo. But, but Will, Will was completely orchestrating everything the whole game, telling people what to do, where to go. I haven't been to the last two home games, so to be honest, I don't know if he's doing that still. Have you noticed, like, a downtick on that? Or do you think he's still... Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you communicate with your players on the field and everything, but and I'm not even saying like he has to scream at his players if they do something wrong. I yeah, like I don't expect him to do that. I don't expect Caleb to do that. But you know, let's let's do something different to motivate the guys and get them going forward and on the right track, uh, on pace to do something positive. Yeah, like Guzan type players, I'm not a big fan of all that screaming and yelling. Uh, we have Chris Tenito at Chris Duo eighty five. Thinking about the next four games. Do emoji, sweating emoji. <laughs> How many points do you think we are going to get out of the next sixteen? All right. Is that um, wait? Is that sixteen games? I think he meant. I think he means how many points are the next four games? So up to, up to twelve points. That's the way I think. I think he meant. Maybe not. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. I know we love Columbus, but we have to be realistic. Um, read us what those next four games are. So next four games, I'll, I'll just do all of May because we have five games in May. Okay. So our next game is May 4th. We are at DC United. Then we come back on a Wednesday. Thank you, MLS, to play LA Galaxy and um, the Fighting Zlatans. Um, Another the, Wednesday home game? Oh, yeah, against Galaxy. And then um, following that, on that Saturday, the 11th, we are at home again against LAFC. Terrified. Oh, um, we're going to get annihilated. 5 nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh, next weekend after that, we are at Minnesota United. And the following weekend after that, we are at Colorado Rapids. So uh, in May, we have two home games, one on a Wednesday, one against the best team in MLS right now. And then we're away for three weeks. So looking at this whole month coming up. <laughs> oh, no. It's bad. <laughs> I'm going to be optimistic and say we get four points. We're I'm going to be one op- tie and one win. Okay, l- let me look at this real quick. DC, don't think we're going to win. DC are good. We're playing them at home. We're utter garbage right now. I, I don't think we're going to do anything different this week than what we've been doing the past couple of weeks to get points so lost there la galaxy again we're, we're playing against one of the better teams in western conference right now better teams in the league overall first time against zlatan oh no we played against them last year first time at home against zlatan oh maybe we have a lot of people in the crowd then if zlatan even travels we don't even know if he's coming hey it's the best pitch in the league <laughs> but um yeah i'm not confident about that game LAFC, that's a guaranteed L. Um, I'll do something ridiculous if we win that game. Uh, Minnesota United, I we might draw that game. And then, I'll be at the game, so that's three points in the bag. Oh, so L confirmed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then um, the only game that I'm semi-confident about is at Colorado Rapids, just because they're freaking horrible. Um, I watched them play against Atlanta yesterday. They can't put anything together. Atlanta's trash as well. Um but I think the only game out of these next five in May, the only one that I kind of expect us to win is against the Rapids. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say we get four points out of these five games, which is awful. Um, but hopefully they prove me wrong and I will eat an entire plate of crow. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, I 
I'm gonna go with four, and I don't even know where to put that on that list. But I, uh, MLS. I know this isn't great analysis, but MLS is gonna MLS sometimes. So I think we have a chance. I think, to be honest, I think our biggest chance is to get something out of DC. Um, LA Galaxy. Those are the two games where we could potentially win. For whatever reason, we're not good at Dick Sporting Park. Um, and Minnesota United, they're kind of hit or miss. Um, and I do have a very bad road record. Um, so so blame Todd. <laughs> yeah, so LAFC, not a chance. But uh, I think we can pick up one win and one draw. But that's very optimistic. I don't know where that fits in, but that's just optimistic. But I think there is a realistic possibility we get zero points out of the next five games. Yeah, it would not surprise me at all if we don't win any of these games. Which right. would be, what, a... Uh, nine game losing streak. When's the last time we did that? Moving on to the less depressing questions, uh, we have at TBL87, just food for thought. Was our early success just leftovers in the fridge from Burhalter? Is Porter Ball real? I'm actually really, really happy for this question. We kind of alluded to it already. Um, I've seen a lot of hand wringing about the team's lack of scoring, lack of heart, predictability. But it's been that way since 2014. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we're just now getting upset about it. Um, Greg had five years to get it right. He never got it right. Um, 2015, arguably, got it right. But there's a small group of crew fans that say that was a fluke, but maybe it was a fluke. But again, you also have to look. That was MLS 2.0. We're in 3.0 True, now. Yeah. Moving forward, that kind of play does not work. We might even be in 4.0 as we get 30 teams and as we had to spend $150 million to keep our team? Yeah. Right now, I think we're at the end of 3.0 going into 4.0, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. So, Greg, I mean, Caleb has, what, 10 games? So, I feel like he deserves more than more than a, you know... He need, he deserves at least one transfer uh, transfer uh, session. What do you call that? Transfer, uh, transfer window. Transfer window. I feel like Greg got a pass because while he wasn't a stellar coach, we still were fighting for positions we were never the top team except for we weren't even top in 2015 but um he got hot at the right moments so i think with our fair weathered fans here and there if we're doing good if we make playoffs and actually do something okay whatever we lost a couple games we didn't play that great but you know we, we made playoffs we're playing in october okay good whatever but greg wasn't that great Caleb so far is looking like he's Greg. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So, I, I don't know. If you look around the world at other leagues, I know we're not anywhere clear close to La Liga or Barcelona, but Barcelona right now, they just won the league yesterday. People are still calling for Val, uh, Valverde to be sacked, not because it's a bad team. It's just his style of play is awful. Um, <laughs> Barcelona is... Uh, champions of the league, uh, they're going for a country trophy, and they're still in Champions League, and people still want the coach sacked. Um, same thing that happened with uh, Guillermo Barcelona in Boca. He was, he didn't like fail. They won. They got to finals. They had winning records here and there, but people still were fed up with the, his style of play. And I think that's what we have to look at as a club, as a league. Okay, where do we draw the line of? putting up with just average play and honestly just mediocre results. Yeah, so that's the question I have for you is where is that line? I think he, I think he deserves two transfer windows, meaning I think this time next year we need to see some improvement. 
both in terms of personnel and playing style. And if we don't, then I think we can be looking. But uh, but I'm not there yet. After if, 10 games, he gets a lot more than 10 games from me. Yeah, I'm not saying like Porter out or anything right now. But if this was any other league, he would already be on a hot seat. Right. Um, but in America, that doesn't happen. He's, in America, in a small market. Yeah, he's definitely going to get at least the remainder of this season. He He's not even in danger for next season. He's definitely going to be here next season all year. With that said... Um, I'm going to give him until next summer. You know, I was expecting coming into this season, you know, we're not going to be that great. Transition, test and trial, blah, 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 whatever. I wasn't expecting anything from this season. I'm more looking at us keeping players moving into next season, signing players this summer, uh, this coming off season, going into 2020. So I'll give him um, this summer, the off season, whole off season, and next summer. So if if by next summer we're not competing at the level that we expect to be and deserve to be, I think that's when we really need to take a hard look at Caleb Porter if he's working out. Yeah, and there's also one more small element to that too is is um, the Haslams, well, are the Haslams and um, Dr. Edwards going to open their pocketbooks too? Um, so can we get? Can will. we bring? I think they will too. But can Caleb get those players or whoever the sporting director is now get those players in here? That would be great. Oh yes, right. Yes. Oh yes. I forgot. Thank you. I forgot about that. Yes, he has. He will do great. Yeah, I'm. I'm confident that we can get good players to come in. Um, obviously, we don't have any kind of rumors or anything to actually talk about with base. Team of But, jeez. <laughs> But but yeah, I think um I think Bez is gonna do a great job. I have nothing to back that on. Um, I also thought Caleb Porter was gonna do a great job after he fired us up. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're going for silver. So do you think we have a shot at winning US Open Cup at this stage? No. This season I don't yeah. think we have a shot at winning absolutely anything. Yeah. Alright, so Josh Sundheim at Hill City Josh asked Vodka with orange flavored Metamucil, two birds, one stone, should I try it? You have the wrong podcast. Next. Christianito. It's a no. Yeah, it's a no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no to both. Uh, Christianito again at ChrisDuo85. Um, do you guys think the team should change their strategy game by game? Since we are not able to score, maybe defend and counterattack, at least when we are playing a better team. We clearly cannot play the same system against teams like LAFC. We will get killed. I agree with you as we discussed. We are going to get killed. That's my biggest thing about why what, why I say we're still playing the same Burhalter ball, um, or, or at least a continuation of it, is we've got the same... Oh, that was nice. We've got the same... But it didn't end up in the goal. We've got the same 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, one of the, our biggest criticisms of Greg was that he didn't try anything new. Um, I don't know if how flexible Caleb will be, but yeah, I think we definitely need to play different because you can tell other teams, they'll sit back and defend against us and we don't know how to handle that. Um, so... I guess that's what we have to figure out is I hope, I really truly hope Caleb um, does do something different against better opposition. And by doing something different, I don't mean parking the bus. I mean, like, try some sort of strategy of some sort. Yeah, I mean, I think we need changes game by game because obviously all these teams are different, um, especially if you compare, like, a LAFC to a, I don't know, a Cincinnati. Um you definitely need to look at strengths and weaknesses team by team, week by week, um, make those tweaks where needed. So definitely, yeah, I say uh, we do need to find something other than our regular pass out the back, 
up the wing and try to cross it into Zardes' head because that's all that we've been trying yeah, to do. Yeah, he's not scoring with his head, guys. Like, I, I'm not really sure why they haven't He's not scoring with anything. True. All right, Mike Hudson at Mike Hudson Sucks. Do you have any tattoos? What tattoos would you like? What tattoos do you wish your co-hosts had? Once again, wrong podcast. The question is none, none, and none. Uh, yeah, I don't have any tattoos. Don't plan on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a big picture person that like I feel like when I'm 80 and saggy, I'm not going to want that anymore. So, um, But just for kickers and grins, if I were to ever, it would not be sports-related because for multiple reasons. Like you got that QR code. I don't know if we talked about that here. Where, oh, jeez. Where uh, that one player, that okay. one fan put the, was it, was it, wasn't it the Boca uh, River Plate? Yeah. Type it, it was rivalry. a River fan that had the QR code uh, tattooed on his forearm. And when you scan it, it takes it to like the uh, Copa Libertadores final highlights <laughs> where they beat Boca. Yeah. And then so um, the Boca fan, we think it's a Boca fan. Nobody's really sure. Uh, reported that for copyright violation, so now that video has been taken down. So the tattoo is absolutely <laughs> worthless. Um, I know that there was a big movement after Save the Crew for people to get Crew Cat tattoos, um, and also like the old logo. But for me, sports logos change, so that's another thing. Like, why would you know? For me personally, I, that's not something I'd enjoy. Um, if you ever want to go look up Jeremy Camp's tattoos, I'd probably get something religious. Um, he has a pretty cool crown of thorns and like a you know. A, cross you know take up your cross daily type thing so it's probably not the answer you're looking for or wanted but there you go that's the truthful answer great soccer question <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i would never get one soccer related uh, maybe a lobster you know <laughs> yeah or maybe if i ever got married maybe like a ring or something so i wouldn't have because i'd be super paranoid about my finger being stuck and they'd have to cut my finger off and, you know like they did with jimmy fallon like no, okay anyways oh, moving on uh <laughs> nicholas johnson at N-A-J-W-S-D-2-5-2-1-2. Are you a bot, sir? Um, <laughs> actually, the U.S. Open Cup dates and draws, that's actually a really good question. I did not do my research. I'm going to circle that and come back to that for next week. Um, stadium updates. I'm not sure if you meant... Oh, there's like warfare. I'm not sure if you meant like crew stadium updates. Unfortunately, I don't have any of those, but I will, I will be happy when I visit Alliance Arena to give you the details of how beautiful and wonderful that stadium is. Um, and this one will answer. One player you think needs to play in the next three games. Um, is that like one player that we haven't seen? Because if it is, I want to see J.J. Williams. Yes. Actually, I agree with that. I was going to say Arguda, but I'm good with both of those. I'm good with both of those. Um, okay. I actually want to see Milton, but that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to see Stefan stay, but that's also not possible. All right, Facebook less Doug. I really, really like your name because I'm also... Well, I have a Facebook. I never check it. But at Doug underscore Waddell. Um, Leicester City versus Arsenal. Arsenal dropping three points. I'm not the right guy to ask about that because I am not a fan What's of Arsenal. What's the question? Um, I think he wants us to talk about it. But... Oh. Um, uh, oh, Sheffield United being promoted. Um, That's not really a crew question either. But... I, it was fun that Leeds oh man Leeds who were they playing Leeds Aston Villa game was pretty fun um, to watch well I didn't watch the actual game I just watched the clip but I know it's the not clip totally that everybody's answering talking your, about yeah, I know it's not totally answering your question but apparently Leeds United was unsportsmanlike for playing while they had an injured player down I'm like tough cookies play to the whistle if the referee doesn't blow the whistle you know 
keep going. Then there was some talk about, well, maybe they raised their hands looking like they're going to play out the ball. Again, play the whistle. Um, and then Aston Villa, uh, or well, leads to, I guess, remedy their, whatever you want to call it, error, let Aston Villa score a goal. So either way, it wasn't going to lead to the promotion of Leeds. Um, they still have to be in a playoff, but that was a fun game. So welcome, Sheffield United. I think I have one thing that's actually... Um, Sheffield United and Norwich both got promoted. And then we're going to possibly see Leeds go up in playoffs. Right. So the one thing I have to say to you, um, Facebook list Doug... Um, because I think you're a new follower, but let me pull it up here. Oh yeah, Southampton stayed up. What? Oh yeah. What is this song? Oh, when the Saints. You don't really hear it. So anywho, this was actually this when awful. I was at St. Mary's. Well, it's a bad recording because it's on my phone, but it was like the brass band that was actually playing it. Okay. I hope, so uh, I hope Nordic never does it. So that was pretty awesome. So that game was horrible, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I was upset, and the 3-3 win was not ideal. But, yeah, Saints are staying up. So Sheffield United being promoted is awesome, but Saints are staying up. That's all I care. All right, moving on. So anyway, so those are all your questions. Um, some serious, some not serious. My phone is still playing. <laughs> this is a high-quality production, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so feel free to continue to ask questions by tweeting either at Tarek33, at Podcast4CBus, at um, Coda Stewart, using ask, hashtag AskP4C, and then we'll be happy to answer your questions. Oh, so sad. Did Seattle get another red card? Oh, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Final whistle. All right, I feel like we've totally regressed, but um, we're getting to the end of this program, we promise. We're definitely uh, winded. <laughs> the segment where we discuss the upcoming match, um, we have another away game next Saturday. Mercifully, we don't have to go watch our team suck at home. Um do you have any stats updates about DC United? I know we just played them recently. This could be so weird about a, a league that has, you know, 24 teams, and some teams we only play twice, and we've already played two teams twice by next week. After yeah, then when we weird. have 30 teams, we're only going to play each team like once, or maybe not at all. Yeah, and so one thing I'd point out about DC is they actually lost today to Minnesota United earlier, so I'm not really... Again, MLS is going to MLS. I don't even know what to say. Um, the Wayne Rooney's and the the Areolas, um, they're probably going to beat us. Um, I'm actually going to join the dark side this time, and I'm going to predict a 2-1 DC win. Um, I've seen nothing positive from the crew that can give me any other option but to predict a loss. I think it's going to be a 2-0 loss. Oh, we're not even getting a goal. Oh man, no. I couldn't. I couldn't predict a non-goal, and I know it's not looking good, but we need a goal. And then I guess since we don't really have anything new to talk about with DC, since we covered them the other week, just running through the standings right now. There's no other Eastern teams playing the rest of the day today, so standings are locked in for this week. Uh, first place, we do have DC locked at top, 17 points. They are. Um, Above Montreal, just because of goal differential. Montreal also has seven points, currently in second place. 
Third place, we have Philadelphia Union. Fourth, uh, Toronto. Columbus is in fifth. Who knows how that is going on because the rest of this conference is trash. Uh, sixth, we have Orlando. Seventh, New York City. Eighth, Chicago. Uh, Red Bulls, Atlanta, Cincinnati, New England, all below playoff line. Hey, crew are first in the East in games played. So if you guys want to like put something uh, out of context, there you go. Actually, we're third because DC and Montreal also have 10 games. <laughs> we can't even win that. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Western Conference, LAFC 22 points. They're currently playing. They're about to get another point. LA 19, Seattle 17, Dallas 17, Houston 16, Minnesota 4. Minnesota United has more points than the crew. 14 points. RSL has 10. They have they hold the last spot in the West for playoffs, and the crew have 13. And if we were a regular league with just a straight table, we would be sitting at 11th. So about that supporter's shield, guys. Not going to happen. Uh, I'm actually really disappointed because I was looking forward to that. But just to give a quick update on the score predictions from last week. Ooh, um, I'm excited for, for this. For DC, I predicted a 2-1 crew win. That was far, far from what happened. We lost 2 nothing. Dakota predicted a 2-1... Oh, I'm sorry, wrong game. DC um, is a one nothing loss. Dakota predicted a 2-1 loss. And, it, well, it was a loss, but it was only a one nothing loss. Cam also predicted a 2 nothing loss. And it was only one nothing loss. So both Cam and Dakota get a point because they're not in the Sunshine Brigade anymore. Um, in the Houston game, I predicted a 0-0 draw. While that was true for about two and a half minutes, uh, that was not true. Uh, Coda predicted a 2 nothing Houston win, which actually is pretty close to what happened. Not quite. That's actually exactly close to what happened. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a 2 nothing loss. Sad. And then, so, very good. This is the very first time on this show Thank that you. somebody Thank predicted you. an actual score. So, I'm here to serve. So, uh... And then Cam predicted a 3 nothing loss, which is also true. So, But not as true as my prediction. <laughs> right. So from Houston game, Coda gets three points and Cam gets one. Um, we don't have this inflated 15 and five point thing, so I'm sorry. Uh, but Coda is leading our little competition with eight points. Very nice, very nice. And if we had done a competition like all the other podcasts, um, you would have four, uh, 40 points because I'd multiply it by five, but... Technically, yeah. you only have eight. I only have two points. And what's sad is Cam hasn't even predicted like half the games, but he also has two points, which is <laughs> very, very sad. So I guess I predicted a loss, which means we are going to win in D.C. Congratulations. So let's finish up the show. We don't really have much left to talk about, but... Extra time. So this is a segment where we're kind of just going to quickly discuss MLS or World Soccer. We kind of already did based on your questions. Um, I did want to update. We had quite a fiery discussion over Kaku last week. Um, he ended up getting a two-game suspension. Weak MLS. Very, very weak. You know what else that suspension is? Yes, that's what that suspension is. It's very cuckoo. And then Neymar got himself three games for talking about referees on Instagram. So free speech gets you three games. Almost knocking a fan unconscious gets you two games. So good to know that MLS cares about his fan. Apparently yesterday Neymar punched a fan too or something like that. So it might be a while till we see Neymar some more. My favorite was they're like, this will hurt his brand. I'm like, no, that's pretty on brand in my humble opinion. So on Wednesday, game just a couple games that affected us. Montreal won 3 nothing. Um, and then New York City FC beat the Fire one nothing, And Minnesota United drew LA Galaxy. So maybe Minnesota United will be a team to worry about, which stinks because... 
will get annihilated when I'm there. At this at point, every team is a team to worry about. <laughs> Fair. And then yesterday, NYCFC tied Orlando 1-1, which Orlando has been garbage, so that's also confusing. Um, and then Portland beat Toronto 2-1. Philly drew Vancouver 1-1. And then Atlanta beat Colorado to get their first win at home. So special for Atlanta. We're definitely very happy for them. What's the standings again for Atlanta? They're below the playoff line. I think they're second to last. Oh, that's lovely. You know who else is below the playoff line? Give it to me. Cincinnati. Ooh. So that's nice. <laughs> I think the only good thing about the fact it's not a good thing that we've lost, but um, Cincinnati has also lost their games, and I also believe they have trouble scoring. The they only, have a net of negative six goal differential. The only thing I want for the rest of this season, because we're not going to compete for anything, honestly, the only thing I want is to stay above Cincinnati in the table and beat them in both games. That's it. Absolutely. I would take that. I would take that as a victory. Heck, there should be a trophy. There should be a Hell is Real or I-75, some sort of trophy of some sort. The trophy is the relentless banter <laughs> and roasting that we're going to be able to do. Yeah, I know. That's kind of sad, isn't it? We lost the last four games. The first time we've lost four games since two thousand, four games in a row since 2005. Yeah, that's awful. And we're still able to say that Cincinnati sucks worse than us. So that is actually, that makes me feel very happy. I actually feel uplifted here. That's what we are here for, to uplift you at the end of the program. Um, we suck, <laughs> but others suck worse. I'm postponing this again until next week, but I still want to talk about the turf at Nippert. You know, it'd be really, really sad if uh, they said, sorry, we can't play the U.S. game here and we're going to move it to Mafre Stadium. That'd be really, really sad. Uh, but we'll talk about that more next week. And I also wanted to touch on the solidarity payments, but I didn't really have time to do research on that. So that concludes conversation 24. I've been Todd Fichtenberg at Tarek33. And with me was Dakota Stewart at Coda Stewart. Send all your hate mail to at Coda Stewart or at podcast for CBUS. Um, and don't forget to use the hashtag AskP4C, and we'll be happy to answer your soccer related questions or turn your non soccer related questions into soccer related questions. All right, have a great week, and hopefully, next time we see you, we'll have had a win, but it's not looking very likely. Ba Mokulumbu. <laughs> <laughs>